In the very beginning, God created the heavens, the earth, and dinosaurs? Or did he? What were these enormous colossal beasts, and is there something about their nature that does not align with what Scripture says regarding God's ideal design for earth? And where does Leviathan fit into this picture? The answers to those questions and more, right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Skywatch TV. We begin week four of what I promised, and I think I'm delivering so far, am I not? Yes. A mind-shattering, a mind-boggling, explosive series on the brand new book, Before Genesis. But before we get into today's discussion, let me introduce who's in-house. He's a multi-time, critically acclaimed, best-selling author and founder of Skywatch Television, Dr. Thomas Horn. She's a credentialed ordained reverend with a degree in Bible and theology, a powerful voice in Christian television, Donna Howell. His broadcasting career has spanned for more than 40 years. He's the best-selling author of the groundbreaking books, Last Clash of the Titans, The Great Inception, and The Second Coming of Saturn, Derek Gilbert. She's one of the lead producers of the forthcoming Rescue Us docuseries from Defender Investigative Films and holds a degree in history for education, Brittany Jackson. And she's the host of the popular Christian television program for women, The Simply His Coffee Shop. Please welcome my beautiful wife, Catherine Horn. I should correct something I've said. I promised an explosive series, and then I said, have I not delivered? But honestly, I really want to point at Derek, Donna, and Tom, because they are truly the ones delivering, are they not? Yeah. We're talking about the brand new book, Before Genesis, the unauthorized history of Tohu, Bohu, and the Chaos Dragon and the Land Before Time by Donna Howell and Dr. Thomas Horn, and the companion DVD that we're going to touch on a little bit later by Derek Gilbert and Dr. Aaron Judkins, What Lies Beneath, The Lost Secrets of the Watchers Below Gobekli Tepe. These two, along with some free digital download products we're going to tell you about in just a minute, I promise this is the master collection. We've been talking about the dating of the earth, and as we move into week number four, I think we're hitting some of the ground that I will and my oldest daughter, Kate, who's an audience today, will find superiorly fascinating, and that is the <laughs> subject of the dinosaurs, because it's another, it's another ingredient when you get people that are kind of diversifying how they feel when they yeah. look at the age of the earth. You have science, you yep. have the old earth, you have the young earth, and you guys have done this clinic over the last few weeks, weaving these different worldviews and ideologies into one narrative that not only fits the Bible, it agrees with the word of God. Mm -hmm. Donna, last week we talked about the link between Lucifer, serpents, and reptiles, but dinosaurs were reptilian in nature, and if scientific dating is correct, they've been extinct since this void era yeah. that you keep talking about. Now, could Lucifer's fall be connected to the extinction of dinosaurs? That is our theory. First of all, understand that etymologically speaking, that is the root of the word here, the Greek word dinos, fearfully or terribly great, and Soros, lizard. So to putting that together, the word dinosaur comes from ancient Greek uh, that means fearfully or great lizard. Now, here's the thing. 
no matter how old our, our, our human languages are, even ancient Greek is a very young, infantile language in, in, in the comparison to 66 million years. If, that's, if that is even how old the, the bones are when we discover these bones of these creatures. But here's where we get into what is really strange about them. At one point, science says they were not fearfully or terribly great anything. As some of these scientific studies have shown, as they are quoted in the book, we actually have science itself attesting to the idea that dinosaurs were originally about the size of a German shepherd. And they may not have been carnivorous. You know, Tom mentioned that last week. They might have actually been uh, an herbivore kind of creature from the very beginning. So we can't completely answer, did God create something else? And then Lucifer being the DNA manipulator mm -hmm. that we know him to be from the Genesis 6-4 narrative, did he take something that God originally designed and warp that? Maybe that's why we have at some point in history, something changed. These yeah. German shepherd-sized lizards became big, ginormous, carnivorous yeah. savages. And of course, a lot of people want to come in at this early on in the conversation and, 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 and they got to say, why do we not have them now? All right, why are they not still here? If God made them and they were as God designed them, why are they not here? Yeah. Noah took two of everything on the boat, except for the clean animals that he took more of. The, he, he was instructed to take all animals two by two. Did he whoops and forget the dinosaurs? <laughs> we see that. It's kind of a running meme on those Christian t-shirts. They're hilarious. You know, the day that he forgot the unicorn and the dinosaurs. But right. the, the truth of the matter is some, some Christians will say, no, he remembered to take them. They were on the boat. But then, you know, N N Noah landed on Mount Ararat and the animals went out and the vegetation had changed on the earth. And, or, or, you know, there wasn't enough humans around for them to eat and live. So they just kind of went extinct. Well, again, with all due respect, whoops, God. Yeah. I mean, right. you, you, you go through this whole planning session to make sure that what you have created is preserved, that it lives and you didn't quite figure out how they were going to survive after they got off the boat. Mm. Mm -hmm. The truth of the matter is, if science... Now, we've been talking about whether or not science could even be right or wrong. And its idea of 66 million years ago when the Chicxulub crater hit the earth. And, and that's what science believes happened to them. We've been talking about whether or not that particular timeline can even be accepted anyway. But assuming that it can... The era that the dinosaurs fell was the void era. Mm -hmm. They yeah. were not here six to 10,000 years ago when the flood would have happened anyway. What's interesting is that, uh, again, getting back to this idea that the science is not necessarily settled, is that over the last 25 years, it's now become acceptable for paleontologists to admit that they find things like blood vessels and uh, soft tissue, like collagen, in the remains of these bones. Now, until the last 25 years, it was generally accepted that soft tissue blood vessels could not be preserved, even in permafrost, more than a few thousand years. Now, suddenly, because they've been discovered and it's okay to talk about in that community, now we know somehow that you can preserve collagen for 65, 66 million years. Even George Pember, who wrote Earth's Earliest Ages, went on to say, uh, after commenting on Genesis 1.30, which is where we get, you know, to every beast of the field and to every fowl of the air and to everything that creepeth upon the earth, meat was from the herbs. Mm -hmm. The herbs is what the meat was, right? right? So 
he goes on to say, there were therefore no carnivora in the sinless world. Since then, the fossil remains are those of creatures from before Adam's time, and yet they show evident tokens of disease, death. Mm -hmm. This is what we see in their bones. Uh, disease, death, mutual destruction. So he concludes, they must have belonged to another world and have sin-stained history of their own, a history which ended in the ruin of themselves and their habitation. George Pember calls the fossils that come from this particular time the era of the fossils, mm. the Luciferian void. Mm. So two questions here. Were dinosaurs originally something that God created at all? Or are these big, hovering, stomping, savage beasts, man-eating beasts? Look at what Lucifer did in Genesis 6, 1 through 4. Look at what his motive was. If he had uh, effectively and successfully cut off the human line, the mm -hmm. Messiah could never have been born. Right. If he could have done that back in the void era, made it so that humanity when it came from Adam forward, made in the image of God, they could not have survived something like T-Rexes stomping around and eating everybody. Mm -hmm. His motive is central to this. So the question is, were dinosaurs originally made of God? And if so, were they the little German shepherd leaf eater thing? Well, it's interesting, Donna, because uh, my wife, Nita, is in the audience today, and uh, she loves horses. She has miniature horses, right? Well, the ones from the uh, Void era, they were about the size of a gerbil. <laughs> so, oh, my so, word. So something definitely happened that changed in the animal kingdom, at least the evolutionary traits of those animals, if you want to put any stock in evolution. You mentioned the Chicxulub crater, you know, in, uh, that's underneath the Yucatan Peninsula in uh, Mexico. And that's where many scientists do believe that this asteroid struck the Earth that wiped out 66 million years ago, the dinosaurs and all that. Mm. But uh, my theory for some time has been, and you've seen headlines on skywatchtv.com, where if they have a story about the, the dinosaur uh, asteroid, I always change it. You know, sci uh, scientists confirm the dating of the fall of Lucifer. Why do I do mm -hmm. that? It's because I believe that Lucifer was involved with, in fact, the text you were quoting earlier calls him a covering cherub. He was over something. He had administrative duties over a certain part mm -hmm. of what the earth was before the fall. And then mm -hmm. after the fall, general theory that he became what we today call Satan. Derek has a different opinion about that. But whatever this God of the earth is now that we call Satan would have taken his dominion over uh, some part of the earth as a covering cherub before the fall. Does that make any sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a theory. We'll talk about it a little bit later, uh, but it's called the fifth watcher. And it's original with Gary Stearman. I want to give him credit for that, but we'll talk about it. But anyway, that's what I think happened. It was not the Chicxulub uh, asteroid. It could have been an asteroid that struck the earth, but what really wiped out the dinosaur kingdom was I believe that Lucifer was responsible for that species on the earth. And when he fell, his entire kingdom collapsed on earth and brought about the demise of the dinosaurs. It could also be asked, was the Chicxulub asteroid and Lucifer the same thing? The same right. thing. When Jesus says, I saw him fall like lightning, was he the asteroid? And it's interesting too, because Chicxulub, that's Mayan, and it means the devil's tail. Yeah, that's right. Oh, wow. Don't forget too, that science acknowledges that when the Chicxulub asteroid hit the earth, now it actually brought to extinction 
mention not only the dinosaurs, but a large number of marine reptiles. Mm -hmm. And that gets into some weird waters because you're looking at Lucifer and you're looking at Leviathan, which I can't wait to get into. And you're looking at, you know, the sea, the sea creatures and how do they interact? You've well, got all and, of these lizards of the water. Well, and, and Derek and, and uh, Dr. Heiser both have written extensively, I think, that you might be talking about a judgment on the chaos dragon. Right. And, and in his lifetime, uh, Derek talked about this, it's beautiful uh, imagery, talks about when Jesus walked upon the waters, he was actually showing his dominion over the chaos dragons oh. of the sea. No. Yeah. That's what he was doing. They are under my feet. They are under my authority. Donna, you mentioned Leviathan. Let's get right into that. Some scholars believe that the strange character called Leviathan in the Bible is actually a dinosaur. But the Bible calls it both a dragon and a serpent. So does he play a role into all of this somehow as well? As a literary device, uh, a lot of scholars see that Leviathan is a personification of chaos. So it's kind of like when you're reading through Proverbs and other areas of the Old Testament, you get that personification like Lady Wisdom in Proverbs 8. It's not an actual person whose name is Lady Wisdom. It's, it's a personification <laughs> of an idea. Some scholars think that Leviathan is just a personification of a standard idea, a, a, a concept, chaos being mm -hmm. the concept. Okay, I don't believe that, but I will say that even if that's all it is, Leviathan's name literally represents the state of chaos. Leviathan existed in a time in Earth's history that was prior to uh, the fall of man, prior possibly prior to the fall of Lucifer. So this thing, Leviathan, whatever it is, this sea serpent, it is absolutely the chaos of the original earth. Now, of course, a lot of scholars will also compare when you're looking at Lucifer and you're looking at Satan and all of these weird serpentine, snaky, snaky, you know, imagery. Mm -hmm. When you look at all of that, that's also embodied in Leviathan. So that would explain why some, and I really, I, I can't wait to hear what Derek has to say about all of this, because some scholars do actually link Leviathan, Lucifer, Satan, and chaos all together. If that's how we are to view this, that's very interesting. Because now you have a link to the original void era of Earth, the Tohu Vapohu, the without form and void judgment era of our planet's history, linking not only to Lucifer and to Satan's fall, but also literally linked to this sea serpent god of chaos. Mm. When, we, when we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, what do tohu vabohu mean? An uninhabitable wasteland of chaos. Yeah. So no, Leviathan wasn't a dinosaur. Well, you'll have to hold your thought because we are going to pivot to Derek Gilbert here in just a second. But ladies and gentlemen, we want to make sure you know how you can get your copy of this incredible new book in the Before Genesis Master Collection. When you order the Before Genesis Master Collection from the skywatchtvstore.com, you'll receive the brand new book, Before Genesis, The Unauthorized History of Tohu, Bohu, and the Chaos Dragon in the Land Before Time by Dr. Thomas Horn and Donna Howell. In this phenomenal new work, you'll learn about the debate raging between the old Earth and the young Earth creationist groups, what the Earth was like during the without form and void era of Genesis 1-2 how ancient archaeological sites like Gobekli Tepe and the Doorway of the Serpent point to an intelligent race of beings on Earth alive before the time of Adam and under Lucifer's fallen influence. 
and for the first time ever, the conclusion to the events of Genesis that merges all contributing voices from not only the young and old creationist groups, but the scientific community as well into one balanced and agreeable climax. But that's not all. You'll also receive the amazing DVD, What Lies Beneath, The Lost Secrets of the Watchers Below Gobekli Tepe, featuring archaeologist and author Dr. Aaron Judkins and best-selling author Derek Gilbert as they reveal Gobekli Tepe's historical use as a place of watchers' worship, the evidence of a cult that venerated human skulls and reptilian creators, and the links between the god of Gobekli Tepe and the Bible. Also included in this must-have master collection are the digital, downloadable ebook versions of the Earth's earliest ages, Unearthing the Lost World of the Cloud Eaters, and the Apocrypha, including the Book of Enoch. These three masterpiece works will be available for download immediately when you place your order for the Before Genesis Master Collection and are being included in this offer absolutely free. All of these items hold a retail value of over $85. Yours now for your donation of only $35 plus shipping and handling. So don't delay. You can scan the QR code on your screen using the camera app on your phone for instant access to this special opportunity. You can also visit us at skywatchtvstore.com or call 1-844-750-4985 and ask for the Before Genesis Master Collection right now. Before we run out of time, I want to make sure we get some time with Derek because this is a topic that's very important to Derek. And mm -hmm. like you mentioned earlier, Sharon Gilbert, both of these individuals have written and talked about a lot of this for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Derek, it's not hard to see the links between Satan, Lucifer, Leviathan, dragons, and serpents, but you believe Leviathan had a lot more to do with the deep mentioned in Genesis 1-2. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. And this is something that we wrote in our book, uh, Sharon and Me, uh, Giants, Gods, and Dragons, mm -hmm. to try to make the point for people who are looking at the Bible and saying, there's all these weird things in here, I can't believe the Bible. No, God calls these characters in the Bible giants, gods, and dragons. And of course, one of the most prominent is uh, Leviathan. Um, in Genesis 1, verse 2, as we've discussed in the previous program, the earth was without or became formless and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. Well, the word translated deep in Hebrew is to home. Now, that is a cognate, which means same word, different language, with the Akkadian word temtum, which in turn is a cognate for the Sumerian word tiamat. Tiamat was the Sumerian name of their multi-headed chaos monster chaos dragon that had to be subdued by a warrior god in Mesopotamian religion. Depending on when the story was written, it was either the sky god Anu, it was the creator god Enlil, it was the uh, storm god Marduk. Uh, again, depending on when it was written, the hero changed from time to time. But this story is consistent in the ancient world, and it always involves a warrior god having to subdue chaos in order to create a world fit for humanity. The main difference, and this even extends into the Egyptian and the Greek, the Greek religion, where Zeus had to subdue Typhon. The bottom line is this. In all of those stories, the warrior god had to have assistance, like uh, another god come help him, or magic uh, uh, weapons. Uh, Baal, when he defeated the sea god or the chaos dragon called Yam, had these magic clubs that were given to him. In the Bible, we get the story where God just subdues it right here. Genesis 1, verse 2. Darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. That's it. It's like Yahweh, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, just said, down, stay. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. 
Now we see a day coming in Isaiah 27 verse 1 where God will eventually in that day destroy the twisting serpent, the fleeing serpent, which by the way is a direct quote from the Canaanite Baal cycle. Uh, and that day, I believe, is reflected in Revelation chapter 27, verse 1, the final uh, chapter of the Bible, where, uh, where there's a new heaven and a new earth, and mm-hmm. the sea is no more. The sea being a symbol of primordial chaos, as Tom mentioned before the break. Jesus walking across the Sea of Galilee, subduing the storm. Not only subduing chaos, but subduing the storm. The storm god, Baal, who Jesus identified as Satan, getting Satan and chaos at the same yeah. time. I-, I believe that we're dealing with serpentine entities who've rebelled against God. Now, I think that Lucifer or Shemayaza, Enlil, Saturn, Kronos, Leviathan, Chaos, and Satan are three separate entities reflecting three separate rebellions. Chaos, Genesis 1, Eden, Genesis 3, that would be Satan, and then Genesis 6, Shemayaza, or Lucifer, if you will. But the bottom line is this. These entities with a serpentine appearance, a radiant serpentine appearance, have rebelled against their creator. And I think that's reflected in the uh, serpent worship that we see in the ancient world all throughout the Holy Land and at places like Gobekli Tepe. Mm -hmm. But you don't think Leviathan is only relevant to the past. You actually personally believe that he is somehow relevant to the future and maybe even the spirit of Antichrist? We made this case uh, in, in that book and also in our ongoing series, Unraveling Revelation. We believe that the beast that emerges from the sea in Revelation 13 is uh, this multi-headed chimera. That's exactly how dragons, specifically the chaos monster, was depicted in ancient Mesopotamia. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so we we think that the spirit that will inhabit the human that we call Antichrist in the end times is the spirit of chaos, the spirit of Leviathan. We look at what's happening on our streets around the world today. Mm -hmm. What else would you call it but chaos? Right. Even though he's not destroyed and he and his minions, these demonic minions, are still influencing the world today. Well, and and then Jesus uh, gave power to his disciples. He sends them out. They they come back amazed that even the demons are subject to them uh, by his name. And, and from the first era of the church until today, the subduing of these forces that are always wanting to pierce into this reality, to damage mankind again, they've been suppressed. But now, as the world and the church, the church is turning to heresy, apostasy. Uh, people are not going to church anymore. People don't believe right. in God anymore. Mm-hmm. All of that's happening, and look what's happening. Chaos is developing mm-hmm. yep. all around the world. This, at Absolutely. its core, is a supernatural warfare. It is. And, you know, there's even a, a callback to an earlier program on Skywatch TV with Rudy Landa and uh, Doug Van Dorn, the author of Giants, Sons of the Gods, the Angels and Watchers uh, docuseries. That was focusing on the megalithic structures in the ancient kingdom of Bashan, where Og of Bashan was the ruler, the last of the remnant of the Rephaim. His kingdom was the first military objective given to Moses by God. And that name, Bashan, literally means place of the serpent. That was the name of the Akkadian chaos dragon, the seven-headed dragon depicted in an ancient inscription Mm-hmm. Dated to about 2600 BC, showing the war god Ninurta defeating Bashmu, Bashan, the chaos serpent. And interestingly, one of the heads appears to have suffered a mortal wound, wow. just as prophesied in the book of Revelation. And wow. th- think about that. As much time passed between that little inscription, this little depiction of this battle between a warrior god and chaos, and Jesus walking the earth, as between. Nebuchadnezzar destroying the temple in Jerusalem and us having this conversation. Yeah. This is a very, very old battle, but the Bible contains the true record of this history. This is yeah. one of the reasons that 
I'm saying everybody's got to get this book. There, there is so much about the history of the world and right. its connection to yeah. the Hebrew Bible, the, the, the arrival of Jesus Christ. And, of course, there's a lot more if you, if you go into Mount Hermon and all of that. He continues to illustrate his power. Right, right. He, he goes from there. He's crucified. He goes down into the lower regions of the earth, and he says, I'm here, boys, and you can't do nothing <laughs> about it. So. It, it, the, the Bible is a testament of what did happen. And some people believe, by the way, that the, 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 the Tohu, the void era, might not have even been the first time. There could have been one before that. Oh, yeah, I've and heard that. And then Lucifer comes down and he starts it all over again. And then what happens? You get to the New Testament, God recreates everything, and here he is again. They're, they're descending on Mount Hermon. They're coming in to genetically manipulate the human race like they did with the dinosaur era and all that. It just happens over and over and over. But the good news is it is coming to an end yeah. because Jesus yeah. Christ is about to return to this planet and he's going to yep. mop clock with the rest of these entities. Yeah, I love it. That description you just gave too reminded me of the song Carmen did, The Champion. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. when the demons and stuff are fighting and mm -hmm. Jesus is fighting Satan and they're going after it and then Jesus goes down for the count. But then God counts. Right. Ten, uh, nine, Shivers. eight, yeah. seven, and yep. it goes. It's That's just an incredible yeah. song. I love that song. Well, the Bible's just so much more entertaining than fiction. Oh, like yeah. any movie you go watch, you don't know who you should root for, or whatever. We know we can root in Jesus, and that at yes. the end we win. That's right. Amen. He, wins, he conquers the world. Yep. Right. Yeah. And I want to follow up with Derek for just a half second here and really highlight what lies beneath, because this was a DVD that you produced with Dr. Aaron Judkins on this subject, and it complements the Before Genesis book so perfectly. Yeah, he's, uh, he's got a book that he's written and researched with uh, our, our good friend Dr. Judd Burton on Gobekli Tepe, and the fact that this is what archaeologists call the world's oldest temple. It is a huge site in southern Turkey. They're finding now that there are 11 other sites near it on hills, all with similar iconography, and they all were created apparently as specifically religious sites, not dwellings, not communities, but places to go and worship. And iconography of serpents is all over these T-shaped pillars that are found at all of these locations. So what was being worshipped there? If we're dealing with these serpentine entities that we believe we are talking about, the Nakash, mm -hmm. uh, the, the Seraphim, uh, these are perhaps the entities that were worshipped at Gobekli Tepe, at Karahan Tepe, at uh, similar sites in southern Turkey. He talks about the, uh, the, the apparent uh, the, the veneration of human skulls that was taking place there. I mean, this is one of the sites nearby actually has a building that they call the Skull Temple because it was apparently where the heads were removed and they were used in this cult. It was not a nice place. And yet... This and the age of it suggests that uh, humans in that place and in that time were venerating these very spirits. And we go into that uh, in that discussion. And this DVD, of course, I just want to remind you, and of course here in studio, this is available with the special offer that we're making available right now during this series of shows. It is not a DVD that you're going to want to miss. How many of you are anxious to get your hands on a copy <laughs> of both, right? Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've hit that unfortunate time every week where we've run completely out of time. But join us next week when our guests return to talk about what scholars make of these ancient ruins that, according to archaeologists, are 8,000, 10,000, or even 12,000 years old. 
who built them and for what purpose? And is it possible that they predate the time of Adam? All of that next week and so much more. For everybody here in studio, everybody on panel, thank you again for joining us. I'm Joe Artis Horn. Keep your eyes on the prize, which is Jesus Christ. We'll be back. 